Welcome to the Elevate Life Church podcast of the week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit elevatelife.com. Yeah, you can be seated. Good morning. Someone said, why don't you dance? I said, because I'm me. So... <laughs> Like you say, I'm good. I'm good. It's your nice way. Minimum effort. That is the quote of the, uh, the, quote of the series so far I've heard. Uh, my dad said that, um, you know, we have leadershipology. So he said, we're going to start normalshipology for me, for all my <laughs> quotes. Um, we've been, we've been uh, in, this, in this series called Family Talk. And, and as a family, we've just been talking through um, what we feel like should happen in a family, what we feel like the family's been set up for by God to do. And so we've, we've named this message that is, has turned into a series, Family Fundamentals. And we want to make sure we get through it and we finish it because some of you guys are completionists, completionists and you've had these notes for three weeks now. So we're going to make sure that we give you all the notes. That way you don't have any, any anxiety as far as that's concerned. So the first couple of weeks we talked about how a family is a tribal unit where we learn to love a Family is the incubator of the soul where we develop our EI, which is our emotional intelligence. And if you want to get those messages, they're, they're actually, you're actually able to get those in our bookstore if you'd like to catch up to where we are now. And today we're going to talk about the last two things. They're online too. Yeah, if you use the internet, if you know what that is, you can go on to YouTube and you can watch those messages online as well. Thank you for letting me know. Um, I don't use social media, so... Is YouTube social media? Probably not. Maybe. The third thing is the shaping device of our attitude. And the fourth thing is the place where we decide what matters most. And so we're going to spend some time today just talking through those last two things, not just in the context of the Kraft family. Our, our intention um, throughout the past three weeks has not been to do a commercial for how great we are. Uh, our intention has just been to show you practically how it works because um, it's, not, it's not just that we're not perfect, we're just pretty flawed. And if it can work, we, we really do believe that if it can work with, with, my parents maybe aren't flawed, but we're three pretty dysfunctional people. And by three, I mean me and Keela and Whitney's doing really great. We're just trying to bring her down. Well, I'm just, I'm bringing some realness. <laughs> my, I say yes, things some that some realness. My, my, didn't Keela do a great job today, by the way, her, it's powerful. And, I was um, trying to be like her this weekend. That's not true. Y'all are saying a lot of nice things about me. I feel like I should like How start. How do you feel? <laughs> You're so wonderful. You're no, the best. No, it's okay. It's really, it's, I don't need to patronize me. It's really good. I'm <laughs> confident at this point. And uh, my dad, my dad, the reason why I say I'm confident, I'm confident in something that my dad has always described me and Keela as, and that's wonderfully difficult. So the more time you spend around me or Keela. I focus on the wonderful one yeah, of that. You know, today in first service, I said, uh, how I was driving to church today, and I'm, a kind of, I'm the kind of person, there's a lot of just, like I'm generally annoyed, right? So what that, what some of you identify with this, like you just like live and everything's kind or of annoying. frustrated, same. Yeah, frustrated, everything's kind of like bothers you. And those of us that are like that have to work through that a lot so that people don't hate us and, you know, actually enjoy our presence. So anyway, I'd said, you know, God, you know, worship was really great this morning and it really helped pull me out of my own personal emotional dysfunction. And, uh, and Whitney basically said first service. We get in our cars and we are on our way to church and we turn on our worship music and we get it going and we get our positivity going and all that. And he just, he did that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure do. It's good. So I'm, 
I kind of like, what I like to say is I stay at a five. Sometimes I'll go up to an eight if it's a good enough day or down to a three. Depends. <laughs> but, um, but no, we really, we really don't want just, to just talk to you like as if, hey, we've got this figured out. We've got the secret of having a great family or the secret of getting along uh, as siblings because it's something that we all still struggle with to this day. But the great thing is, um, and this is, this is our encouragement to everyone who's not just a parent, but everyone who's a leader, is that you really can do enough right to set your kids up for success. And you can do enough right to set your family up for success and to set your business up for, up for success and to set your own personal life up for success. It's not about being perfect. It's not about having every, everything figured out. But, is, but it is about getting some core things put together in your life. And one of those most important things as it relates to today is our attitude. It's just the power of the really the one thing that we own, the thing you heard Pastor Keith say, the, that our attitude is the hinge the door of our destiny swings on. And so if we can get our attitude right, uh, a lot of the things in our life will line up right. In Good to Great, Jim Collins talks about the 80-20 principle. And what the 80-20 principle is, is 20% of your effort produces 80% of your results. So attitude is one of those 80-20 things. It's one of those things that might be 20% of the effort that you give towards it, but it's gonna produce 80% of the results in your life. And like I said about me and Keela, um, we have been wonderfully difficult and continue to push towards being wonderful more than, more than difficult, but this is something that you and I have both kinda, in our own way, not together, maybe together sometimes, but in our own way have, have chosen, this is our life struggle. Well. <laughs> Uh, so last week I talked about things I'm not good at, and like I guess I'll do that again this week because if there's two things I struggle with, it's emotional intelligence and my attitude. And whenever I talk to interns, even in interviews, I'll say to them, you know, what's something you're really good at and what's something you struggle with? And usually what we struggle with in our life, it's not like a one-time thing. It's usually <laughs> like a lifelong struggle. And while um, with emotional intelligence, it's more of like a a weird thing for me that I can't always see or I'm, I'm not like clued into it. Your attitude, it's funny because I didn't even, I didn't see the video that my dad shot before we came here this weekend. But one of my main things that I've learned in my life is that you own your attitude. So no matter what people do, no matter what situations happen, no matter what your circumstances are, you always get to choose what your attitude's going to be or what your response is going to be in that scenario. And I've learned and I'm still learning because you guys know like when you learn something, you have to continue to learn it at different layers and different seasons of your life because like you get it in one area kind of and then you're like, I thought I already learned that. And then you have to remind yourself of what you already know. Um, but one of the things that I'm continually learning is that your attitude really determines what's possible in your life. So I've seen my parents have great attitudes in what I would consider a terrible situation or being treated in not such a good way. And, and in my mind, my natural way of thinking would be, well, why aren't you upset about that? And my dad, I've always really resonated with just how he is and how he thinks. Um, me and him are very similar, but very different. And I've always watched his example and I've been able to go, okay, if my dad's not responding um, in a way that's just like an uncontrollable response, well, you did this to me and I'm gonna be upset, but he's actually leading his response, then I can do that in my situation and I can do that in my circumstance. And people will look at you and they'll look at your life and they'll be like, why aren't you upset? <laughs> 
And the truth is, is that I think a lot of your attitude is really, it really happens like when it's a negative attitude out of immaturity and out of not submitting yourself fully to God. And the thing that I was always able to have confidence in is that I knew my dad was submitted to God before he was submitted to responding to anybody else. And so what he would do is he would lead his response out of his relationship with God and how God is and not how people are and what people deserve and what the situation would demand. But he would lead his attitude based on who God says he is and who God says we are. And I was able to go, okay, that makes sense. Like we don't have to just respond because of what the situation looks like because your, your attitude can actually change your outcome. You see, you can have a negative situation but have a positive attitude and throughout that get more opportunities and get doors that are open just because of your attitude because it doesn't matter how good you are at something or how great you are at your job. If you don't have a good attitude, you're only gonna get so far. And the thing is in my life, I'm saying this because my dad's told me a lot in my life that my lid on my life is my attitude. And if something's not progressing in your life, whether it's a relationship, whether it's your job, whether it's you want more opportunities, I think a lot of times if we would look at our attitude, we would find the missing link. Because how you respond to life shows who you're submitted to. And that's a very convicting place to be. And conviction's good because it brings you closer to God. It's not condemnation, which pushes you away from God. Conviction is, I love you so much, I want more for you. And that's what my parents always showed us was, Having a good attitude not only creates opportunities, it not only, it not only gives you, you know, doors that you wouldn't have even had if you didn't have that good attitude, but it actually reflects who you're submitted to. And if your reflection in your life, if your response in your life isn't really according to who God says you are, who God is, you can really see what you're submitted to. And if it's not God, I hate to tell you, that's not good. <laughs> But in my life, so many times I've gone, these responses that are coming out of me that are natural or that seem like they make sense, you know, the kingdom of God doesn't make sense to our natural human flesh. The things that God can do, the miracles that he can do, his ways are higher, his thoughts are higher. So I wanna be able to have blessings that are higher. I wanna have blessings that don't have an end. So I have to choose to ask God, help me to think higher, help me to act higher, because really your attitude, it isn't just how you talk. It isn't just what you say, it's your face. It's your presence, it's how you're coming across. And I know with, with our dad when we were growing up, even when we would cross our arms, he would tell us, your body language is speaking that you're closed off. So now even today, like natural things where it's just comfortable, I'll, I'll go, Oh, I don't want to come across closed off. Or like, it's funny because I said this last service and my brother made a big deal, but like, I even went to the extreme of, I Botoxed my head, okay? Because I had a permanent- Some of you need um, chemical help to have a positive Listen, attitude. Whatever. I had, like, I had a real, it, it, stop it. Shoot it. I had a real permanent line in my head and people would always ask me, why are you upset? And I'd be like, I'm not upset, it's just my face. And. I really, like for real, I don't wanna look upset, so I've been like learning how to open my eyes different and make myself smile. Don't, they have something you can like, you can get it. You know, you open your eyes like this so your head no, doesn't like they can While they're doing the injection, they can pull your eyebrows up. Okay, your, I don't want that, like but like, eyes are I just. Like Kenny Rogers. I just had like this, I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. There's some people you can tell they've done that. All I'm saying. It's always obvious. All I'm saying is sometimes we need to look in the mirror whenever we think we're normal 
and see what other people are seeing. Yes. I know a lot of my life, my dad would say, whenever I would do something to my sister or my brother or whatever, he'd be like, would you like to be treated like that? And I'd be like, no. I, or I'd be fine with it, you know? Like my responder used to be a six. I've really worked on it and now it's a 12 and I've doubled it. But Killing like it. I wanna be, <laughs> I wanna be more of a responder because that's the most like Jesus if you know life languages. But for me, I wanna be moved with compassion for people. I don't want people to feel like I'm upset or I'm frustrated, even if that is my natural face. So I'm gonna work on yeah. it because Whatever I don't- Whatever it takes. Yeah, whatever church, it takes. Church is like, Botox for your attitude. It's true. But I would just say, if you, never, if you never take a look at yourself, if you never actually are aware of how, like what most people say to you, like a lot of people said this throughout my whole life. I thought you were really intense or really mean at first, and then I got to know you and you were really nice. I was like, thank you. But like, I want to come across better up front because really who you are is what you're reflecting and who you're submitted to. And I'll just say in Matthew 5, 14 through 16, it says, you are a light of the world, a city that can't, on a hill that can't be hidden. Also, people do not light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. Then it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine in front of others. Then they will see the good things that you do and they will praise your father who is in heaven. My goal in my life, and I think our goal at large as followers of God should be to come across in a loving way, to come across Cross. That doesn't mean like, oh, do whatever you want. I'll be fine. Like that just means you lead yourself, your spirit led, you ask God for help so that you can reflect who God is, not who you are. Do you know when someone treats you bad or when something terrible happens to you and you don't respond the way that they think that you should, they are concerned sometimes and confused. Like <laughs> I expect you to be mad at me. Why aren't you mad? I expect you to respond this way and you're not. Well, that's because I'm showing you the love of God. And that's what our parents did for us is that whenever we would expect for them to be so mad, at us because we failed or because we would disappoint them in our minds, we would think that, they would actually show us love and they wouldn't have a bad attitude back to us or respond negatively when we would see their love and correlate it to God's love and then we would want to do better because we actually knew they loved us. So for us in our life, my encouragement to you and my encouragement to myself every day is don't just have a better attitude because it's gonna get you a better opportunity. Have a better attitude so you can reflect who God is and the opportunities and the blessings will come because his hand's gonna be on your life and you're gonna reflect him. Yeah, well you know, um, there's a Zig Ziglar quote. He says, your attitude will determine your altitude. And many of you might not know this. I got to learn this kind of firsthand a couple, like a month or so ago. Um, there's, a, there's a guy that comes to our church. He's a trainer for an airline. And we got to go, me and a couple of my friends got to go inside one of these amazing, really cool simulators and see what it's like inside of these simulators that these pilots train on. And, and our attitude comes from, it's actually a, a term that they use in uh, I was gonna, piloting, flying planes, aero, whatever plane stuff. It's aviation. aviation. Thank you. So smart. Pastor Buddy, thank you so much. I'm wearing the glasses, but he has the brain. So, um, so it's a term they use in aviation, which, which I'm going to put it really simple because it's a little bit complicated based on the horizons and stuff, but it's basically the direction the nose, the, the nose of the plane is pointed up or down. So your attitude, your attitude is going to be what determines where the plane goes. And what was really cool was we got to see a landing happen and landings are actually the most, most difficult, scary things on, on planes. Now, I'm not saying never go get on a plane again because of this, but always be appreciative of the fact that your pilot can land a plane because it's the most difficult thing that they do. And one of the things that you do when you're coming in for a landing is you actually, once you get down, you point the nose up. 
But if your nose, when you're coming in, I got, to, I got to watch this happen. There was like some, they simulated some weather on this particular flight. And it looks like you can look at all the instrumentation and you're flying by the instrument and your, your nose, the nose of the plane can be off like a little bit where you can't even barely tell that it's off. And you can, all of a sudden they take the weather off and you can't even see the runway. So your attitude is important. Your attitude is really the thing that determines where it is that you go in life. And what was that Maya Angelou quote? Oh, yeah. That you said so I love service? Maya Angelou. It's, she says, if you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude. Yeah. And it's so, this, this can be something that's so rudimentary and so simple for all of us. But this is one of those things that will determine where we go in life. And, and as a leader, we encourage you as leaders in this room to be a person that understands that. Not only for yourself but for other people. It's important that we teach not only our children, it's important that we teach the people that we have the opportunity to influence the power of positive attitude. And uh, I don't, I'm not walking through that yet with, with Charlie. Charlie's 11 months old, so we're just trying to get to where we're able to understand why she feels the way that she feels or that she even feels a certain way. But Whitney, that was something we were talking about the other day as it relates to what you guys are learning yes. about your children. Yes, so I don't have teenagers yet, but I have a three, almost four-year-old. Three-nager. Three-nager, yes, she is. And I have an almost two-year-old. And, you know, I think there's certain things, even as parents, that we don't realize that we do with our kids that we're not meaning to have a bad attitude, but sometimes it's just personal preferences or whatever that comes across as a bad attitude. So I'm going to tell you a story. So Layla, when she was about two and a half, we would ask her to do something or something would happen and she would go, are you kidding me? And me and Claire are like, is she kidding me? Where did she like, where did she get this from? It's probably some show, like something we've watched or like didn't realize and we just need to be like aware of like listening for this, are you kidding me thing. So like a month later, right, she's still doing it. We're like, we don't say that, like we have a good attitude. And we're at the airport and we can't get the thing to go up to get out of the airport. And so Clay's putting his card in. He's like, are you kidding me? And I go, it's you, you're the one. Oh, and he's like, oh no. And, um, and so there's certain things that we do we don't even realize. Even the other day, Layla kept, like I would say something and she'd go, ugh. I'm like, we don't make that sound, Layla. Well, I really don't like hot weather. And every time I go outside, I realized I was going, ugh, like it's so hot. And so then I realized like it was me and I'm not even meaning to, like I try to exemplify a positive attitude, but I would catch myself doing these little things. And even earlier this week, Layla, um, I went to get her up and Clay's such a wonderful husband. He usually in the mornings, he wants to get the girls up. He's the early morning person. I'm the late night person. And so he goes, he normally goes in to get the girls up. Well, this one particular morning I was getting the girls up. So I walked in and Layla was really excited to see me, but she said, well, I called for daddy. And I was like, Hey girl, like, well, mommy's here. And Clay walks in at that moment and she goes, don't look at me, don't talk to me, don't touch me. And we're both going, what? 
Like, what's happening? And so, like, immediately I wanted to go to the, like, you're being mean. You're not having a good attitude. But I started to think, you know, last week we talked about emotional intelligence. Okay, what's causing her to have this reaction? So I said, Layla, can you use your words? Talk to mommy. What are, why are you feeling this way? Well, that's causing her to have this reaction. So already at three years old, I'm working on teaching her to communicate her emotions. And what it came down to was, this was not the routine. Daddy's normally waking her up. She was excited to see mommy. But I think that with our kids, even with your teenagers, with your spouse, when something happens and you're, it's maybe causing this reaction, you need to ask your kids, but also ask yourself, what's causing me to act this way? What's causing me to have this response? What's causing me to have this attitude? What things can I be more aware of when I'm saying and doing things that will help the people around me, that will help my children to be able to follow in that example? And I think all of us, we go through different things in our lives that that we're not thinking about joy. We're not thinking about the attitude of what, of what we go through that's, that's an example to people. And even for myself, you know, I went through a season, you guys have heard me talk about it, but I had issues with my liver. Um, in my second pregnancy, I started having seizures. So trying to figure all this stuff out and in the midst of fear, in the midst of not sure what's going to happen or what the end outcome is going to be, of really understanding that like, okay, God's gonna do something in this. God's gonna use this. You know, I'm gonna be able to share this as a testimony one day. And in Romans five, verse three, it says, we can rejoice too, that when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help develop endurance and endurance helps our strength and character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he is given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And so I know each of us sitting at this table, we've been through different things and we've dealt with different dynamics. And a lot of you, you've dealt with worse than we have. Maybe you have a sickness. Maybe there's something going on in your family that nobody knows, or maybe your family knows. And how your attitude is in that thing that you're dealing with or that you're going through is so important because like Keila talked about, so many times if, if you're one of these people or you've encountered one of the people that they're going through something really serious and in the midst of that, they still have a smile on their face. They're still full of belief and full of hope. And many times it's because they have this confident hope in who their God is that no matter what happens, no matter the outcome, no matter what it looks like, they trust and they have faith and they believe that God's going to do something great through them and through it. And so I would just encourage you today, no matter what you're going through or maybe what you're dealing with, with your children or with your spouse of really going, okay, God, like I have a confident hope. And if I'm looking to you and I'm relying on you and I know that you're going to do something great, then no matter what the outcome of this is, I'm going to do my best to show that faith, to show that I believe in. And you know I think in families, sometimes we don't realize that having that, you can have a faith that really is generational, that in your family, they see your faith, they see that hope, and it causes them to do the same thing for generations. There's a girl on our team, I shared it in worship, I think it was last week or the week before, that her mom was diagnosed with cancer. And in the midst of her being diagnosed with cancer, they told her at the time she only had a year to live. And she said, no matter what happens to me, 
do not lose your faith. Do not lose your trust in God. And we're going to believe. We're going to trust God. We're going to be positive. And she ended up, ended up living for six more years. And the one takeaway from, for this family was that they weren't going to lose their faith. That even though this is what, wasn't the healing that they expected or that they thought was going to happen, that they believed and they trust that God was going to do something great. And I told her, I said, and you're going to see God continue to use that over and over and over again. And, you're, and her mom passed away when she was 19, when she was still in college. Now she has her own family. She has her own husband and she's able to talk about her mom, to pour out that faith on them and encourage them to continue to have that faith. Wow. So, Awesome. Here's, this is why it's important, not, not for us to just have this in our families, but for us to be in a family that's like this. And we believe this is what the church is for. You heard Pastor Keith say a second ago, that the church, for us, the church is not a building, it's a group, it's a gathering of people. More than a gathering of people, it's a family. And we're people that can surround each other. And you know, not, not all of us in this room are, are fighting battles right now, but some of us in this room are. And we need people around us who, when we're, when we're weak, they're strong. When, when we're weak, we know God is strong, but more than, more than that, we need to know that there's people around us who are standing with us, who are helping us, who, who we're, not, we're not going through life alone. And that's what a church represents. It's not just this place where, you know, we hope that you don't come in here um, and, and be a part of this church and connect to this church and just feel corrected or feel disciplined or anything like that. But this is going to be a place where we have a positive attitude. Why? Because people need that from us and they need to see that it's real and not fake. There's so many stories that I hear about people that come in and they see all the servant leaders and they're smiling and they're happy and they're like, there's nobody, there's nowhere that's like this except Disney World and this is all a bunch of fake stuff and people aren't really this way. And, and sometimes it is faking it, but it's faking it until we make it though. You know, it's, it's being the kind of people that say, you know what, like I'm going to, well, what we say around here is I'm not going to feel my way into an action. I'm going to act my way into a feeling. We don't feel positive all the time. We don't feel happy all the time. We don't feel like everything's going good all the time. But, but your outlook changes when you decide that you're in control of how you feel. And if we can get around people, I don't remember who said it. I think it was Ken Blanchard that said it, that you're the average of the five people that you surround yourself with the most. And if I surround myself with negativity, that's what I'm going to have in my life. I'm going to have negativity. If I surround myself with positivity, I'm going to have positive outcomes. I'm going to have a positive outlook. And in our families, especially while you have your kids at home and while your, your kids are a part of your family, to build that kind of culture helps them to not only understand who to be, but it helps them to understand who to be around because we got to choose to do life with the right people. And the second thing today is what matters most. Family's a place where we decide what matters most. This is our core values. This is, comes down to us having core values. And that can be a really business sounding term like, oh, I've just seen I have core values in my family. I know the place I work has core values and that's fine, you know, but I don't really know how those core values work in my life. Core values for us are the things that point to true north. They're the things that show us in the midst of ambiguity, in the midst of gray, in the midst of whatever's going on in culture, in society, in the world, in my friendships, in my relationships, and all of that. They're the things that show us where we need to head because we value that. And we put that, we put those things uh, first. So in our family, we talk about the big five. These are five things that my parents decided in the Kraft family as the, really the first people in our family to think this way. They decided these are the things that we're going to value as a family. And what those things are is honor, 
positive attitude, excellence, leadership, self-leadership, leading yourself, and generosity. And so in my life, what I've had, the, the pattern that I've had for my life is I need to do things with honor because that's a value that we have. I need to honor people all the time, all kinds of people. I need to honor people everywhere, no matter what, because I don't honor because someone else is honorable. I honor because I'm honorable, because I wanna be an honorable person. And then I need to be a person that has a positive attitude. And you heard us just talk about that. I need to be a person that does things with the spirit of excellence, that everything I touch is not done until I've given it my very best. In our family, we reinforce that. In, our, in the environments that we're in, it's important for us to have values because no matter what, we're going to have some kind of value system that we operate by. Like last night, I, I went and ate a burger and cheese fries and onion rings and Coke and all that. And I really valued eating bad and being happy over eating good and feeling bad. You guys so, talk about food a lot. I love food so much. So I had a value system last night that I, that I operated by and I have a value system today that I'm gonna try not to operate by. I'm gonna try to value being, eating healthy food, not eating food that I like. <laughs> and so, so all of us in our life are operating by some kind of value system. And it can be, I think for me having a, a 10, almost 11 month old daughter, it's scary to think about her growing up in the world and dealing with people and dealing with uh, different situations and oh my gosh, boys are awful. And I'm already starting to be anti men, you know, <laughs> like just don't ever hang out with them. Just like be with me and your mom and we'll figure, we'll choose what's next after that. <laughs> so, so I'm already, I'm already starting to like feel that not, not for any particular reason, but it's so easy to look at culture and think about, okay, my gosh, I'm going to send these people out into this or I'm around people that are dealing with this every day. Proverbs chapter 22, verse six says, train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. So when we, when we ascribe values and, and positive attitude is a core value for the Kraft family, it doesn't have to be a core value for your family. That's not what we're saying, but it's a core value for our family. It's also a core value in our church to have a positive attitude. So when we ascribe a value to something, we're training up people in the way that they should go. And then when they get old, they'll remember that. They'll understand, hey, this is what we value and this is who we are. And that's why it's important for us to be that kind of family, not only be that kind of family, but, but be that kind of church that we live that way. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, in our culture, in our American society, we, we've talked about this a lot. I'm sure you've heard this. I'm sure you've read this, that um, Gandhi, there's a famous quote that's a, attributed to Gandhi that he said, I love your Christ, but your Christians are so unlike your Christ. That's because so often in American churches, in, in Western Christianity, we say we belong to the family, but we don't necessarily live by the core values. So God has established things that he wants us to live by, even within the church family, within the family that God established at the very beginning. And if you want to get a perspective on what those things are, look at Galatians chapter five and read about the fruit of the spirit, because those are the things that God wants us to demonstrate. Those are the things that God wants us to value most in our life with the way that we choose to live and the things that we begin to understand and the life that we operate by. And so it's important for you to decide in your own life and your own family and your organization, whatever environment that you happen to be in, it's important for you to decide, you to decide what matters most, because even though that's the last thing on these notes, that's the thing that comes first. Our assignment, our assignment for you, if I can, if I can give you an assignment today, just, just in your own, in your own like family. 
Okay, if you can walk away from here and I can give you just something to do, go home and decide what your core values are. Go home and decide what, what matters most in this thing. What matters most in my family? If you're, a, if you're a business leader, if you own a company, decide what those core values are. And then step two is choose to live by them. Sit down and have a conversation and say, you know what, what are the things that are gonna matter most here? Because for us, I, and, and you know, my sisters can totally speak for themselves, but any success that I feel like I've had up to this point is because I've had parents that have led that way. Not parents that have been perfect, not parents that have had things all figured out, but I have parents who are now my boss, but they're, they're my parents initially that said, these are, what, these are the things that we're gonna value. And these are the things that we're gonna operate by. So I'm second generation core values now. I'm second generation honor. I'm second generation in positive attitude. I'm second generation excellence. I'm second generation generosity and self-leadership and all that kind of stuff. And, and that's, what, that's what God wants to do in each one of us, whether that's through our families of origin or our families of choice. And you heard Pastor Key talk about, he's gonna talk about family of choice next week because we believe that the church is the family of choice. Now you might be sitting here today and you might've heard this and said, hey, that's all well and good, but I don't have kids or my kids are grown. I wish I would've heard this message or heard these series of talks 20 years ago. Wish I would've had all that figured out. But it's not just about that. This is good practical stuff for your natural family. But what we want you to understand is most importantly, more important than anything is how God feels about you and the kind of family that God has intended to establish in the earth. Because you look around at the people in this room and we're God's family. We're people that God loves. We're people that should embody the core values that he has. And we hope that in spite of our imperfections, in spite of our flaws as the church, that we're at least able to do that on some level enough to demonstrate tangible love to people. In, the, in, the, in Galatians chapter five, like I said, if you read it, the first fruit of the spirit is love. Second is joy, but the first is love. So what people should feel most importantly and what people should understand most importantly is that in the family of God, we love. If there's one thing you're gonna read about that God does the most rather than anything else that he does. He does a lot of stuff in the Bible. The thing he does the most is he loves you, is he loves people. And so that's, that's what you need to understand most importantly about this, is that we're not just here to reinforce, oh man, look at the Kraft family, they're doing really great. We're doing okay, Whitney's helping us, me and Keeler just, we're trying to figure it out. <laughs> we're, 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 we're constantly on this journey trying to be who we feel like God's called us to be individually so we can do it better together. And we feel like that the family is the model for the church. So what God wants to have happen in, in these kind of environments is what he, what, what he wants to have happen in these kind of environments is he wants people to feel so loved and to understand so much how he feels about them and the great things that he has in store for them that nothing can stop them. And we're better together than we are apart. He wants you to have people around you that are gonna fight for you and fight with you and stand with you and be for the future that he has for you and be for your destiny. Not just come sit in services, but understand the power of relationship. Understand the power of going through life with a family who can just surround you and be there for you. You know, there's a time, or there's been a lot of times with my dad where he's, you know, a patriarch and Pastor Keith and all that. There's, there's times where one of us in the family uh, been going through something particularly difficult, whatever it is that's difficult for us individually. And the way that we'll start these, these 
family meetings as we'll all surround the person, whoever that is, and we'll just pray for them. And we'll just surround them and say, you know what, we're going to come around you as a family right now. We're going we're gonna to deal with whatever drama we got to deal with. We're going to deal with whatever dysfunction that we got to deal with. But right now, what you need to feel the most is you need to feel loved. And you need to feel accepted. And can I tell you, that's the way God feels about you. Is that it's not about like you feeling ashamed of yourself. It's not about feeling like you don't disqualify. Uh, you don't qualify. I'm really sorry to disappoint you, but um, this church is not a country club. We're not perfect here. We don't have it all figured out. You will have at some point an interaction that's not so positive because we're dealing with people. But the most important thing that God wants you to understand is that he loves you and that he's for you. Is that he's gonna surround you. And, and he's gonna be there for you. And there's some of us in this room, we just don't have that understanding yet. We're not quite there. It's important for you to understand what matters most to God. It's important for you to understand the family fundamentals and that starts with his love. Can you just bow your heads with us and, and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Make sure to get your copy of Pastor Keith Craft's book, Your Divine Fingerprint, and visit elevatelife.com for other exciting new content from Elevate Life Church.